Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And uh, Jason will not be here today. He actually got called into work. So we're good. Um, so we have Lewis. Uh, and uh, it, I don't know what your last name is, Lewis, or if you'd like to uh, tell us that. But uh, Lewis contacted me. Uh, I guess he's listened to a few of our shows. And uh, he just said he was led by the spirit to hop on. So we're going to just kind of go from there and have a, and have a great show. How how you doing, Lewis? Yeah. Hi, Josh. Doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it was, it was funny. Um, I was watching a couple of your show. I watched one of your shows and I felt like, Oh, this is, this is really good. Brothers seem to know what they're talking about. Good guests. I was looking through the list and like you said, I just kind of felt led to reach out and it was, it was weird. All of a sudden I kind of lost time. It hadn't really happened to me before, but the next thing I knew, I was like three quarters of the way through the email that I was going <laughs> to send to you. And I don't, I don't remember going to my email or starting writing it. So wow. I just kind of read it. And I was like, wow, this is, this is weird. Uh, finished it up, sent it. And you, uh, you didn't really ask for credentials or if I had a following or a ministry, you're just like, well, if, if God's leading you to do this, we should definitely do it, which is a oh, fantastic yeah. response. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Uh, no credentials. I don't need any credentials at all, you know. I don't have any credentials myself. <laughs> all I do is just I have my uh, masters and uh no, I'm just kidding. Uh no, nah, man. I I we just, you know, if, if God led you to to uh to send the email, then then we just yeah, we'll have you on. I don't really deny people unless um I have before, but only because they um because of their the new age type stuff, maybe that they're going that they that they go over, you know what I mean. And if they are going to be on, I don't want to hear any of that. I just want to hear, you know what I mean. I don't I don't want to bring that to people's. Uh, I don't want to bring uh, deceiving, uh, de- uh, demonic uh, teachings, you know, to to hear. I want us that to stay away, you know what I mean. So yeah, that's that's the only yeah, time right? I ever deny. But anybody that's Christian that wants to hop on, oh, that's that's definitely going to happen. You know what I mean. Uh, awesome. Even if we might differ in whatever in certain beliefs if you're christian then then you know i have i have definitely would love to have you on so well i appreciate you coming on i i did some studying myself i thinking of maybe i'm on on the right track i don't know but uh i would definitely like like uh you know just go if you want to go over whatever you pres- wanted to go over wherever the, the holy spirit is leading you and what i studied it opened me up to uh a new um because our modern churches, uh, if, if if you are going over what I think you're going to go over, our modern churches uh, do not get into this. So let's let's see what you're getting into. I'll let you present what you're presenting, and maybe I was off track and studying the wrong stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> no worries. No no Bible study is a bad Bible study. I like no, to say, so no, never wasted. Um, no. Yeah, I guess just before I get started, just as a general thing, right? Um, I may say some things that. Some people out there, or, or even you, Brother Josh, may not agree with. Um, it may kind of like throw up an alarm bell or two, or it's just kind of like, I hate to use the word trigger, but people kind of know what that means. So it may trigger a response that either a pastor or the world or a video or somebody's kind of maybe programmed into us to react a certain way when hearing a certain thing. And so maybe just it. Well, I know we both uh, agree in the biblical cosmology, yes. so I kind of like to bring things back to that. Okay. Um, it's easy to relate to. You know, if we're talking to someone who is still back lost in the globe 
and you know we're having a good conversation they seem like a good brother or sister and then all of a sudden we breach that topic boom you know you can kind of see something a physical change and they're just like oh well i don't know about that that kind of seems like a bad doctrine and all of a sudden it's an argument and you know no longer talking back and forth in love and you know we can kind of recognize that when it happens sometimes yes and my 100%. experience is if we continue the conversation at that point without addressing it, it's fruitless. You know, it's, I kind of like talk about like, they kind of like, they put up a shield, you know, they're holding up a shield in front of them and they may have a spear or a sword or whatever their weapon of choice is. So they're, they're protecting themselves against the words that you're given to them. Even if it's truth and in love, they're not going to be able to receive it because they're literally stopping it from coming in at the same time they're attacking you. Um, and not that they are attacking and, it's just that their programming, their response is kind of attacking. So um, the idea is to just, you know, recognize that when it happens and just slow it down, take a couple deep breaths. You know, uh, it helps me personally to kind of get up, move around, shake out, shake things out and kind of get the energy back to where it needs to be. You know, I feel it in my stomach and my heart starts racing a little bit. And I'm like, why am I having this response? Uh, you know, you know, it's kind of, to think of it that way all that to say if anything that i say um kind of rubs the person the wrong way and they feel they're having that response you know pause pause the stream you know take a couple minutes calm down relax and then restart it with a fresh mind kind of like back to the default where we were you know rather than that little um kind of hiccup of or a programmed response yeah um so yeah so Basically, yeah. just erase all your preconceived biases like you would do when you study the uh, flat earth compared to the globe earth and just erase all preconceived biases and that you've learned. Just like whenever you learned about giants, just like when you learned about anything that the uh, any of the churches have not uh, really gone into deep. Uh, yeah, I get it. And uh, I think I think that's a, a smart way to do it. And like you said, don't get triggered. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to come up with. So. <laughs> do, do you know who Sean is from Kingdom in Context? Is, is do you ever listen to him? I do. Yeah, I've okay. seen some of his videos. Is it is this uh are we are we gonna be on this track? Yeah, I mean I don't agree with him on everything, but okay. uh he seems to have a pretty good foundation. Uh seems to be coming from a place of, of love and wanting to help. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know him personally. I've never, you know, I've never oh, been no, on no, or no. spoken to him or anything. No, 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 no. I was just asking I that's who I was I was kind of studying, watching his debates and stuff, and I was like, oh man. So yeah, I'm I'm cool uh, with, with us going over whatever we're going over. Let's let's do it. Let's get into it. Right on, brother. Um, so yeah, it's just the idea that's kind of crept into the church that um, all we really have to do is confess with our mouth and believe with our heart. That um, I, hope, I hope it's okay. I use Yeshua as the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's let's okay. Do it. You know, Yeshua is uh, his name, so yeah, it's okay. Or Yeshua, if you want to pronounce it that way. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I don't. Uh, pronunciations and spellings and things that's the i don't really focus on that too much i feel like that's a division you know to yeah. kind of there's that phrase the devil's in the details yeah and i kind of i try to live by that a little bit that you know we can agree on ten thousand things big things but then once we start narrowing down and focusing on the details all of a sudden division comes in and arguments no i say it this way no i say it that way haven't you studied you know you're not saying it right and, and it just it kind of gets all over the place so um I kind of like to keep things high level and try to look at the big picture. Okay. So the big picture, as I see it, is that from the beginning, God 
or Yah, as I like to say, has required obedience, right? Adam and Eve fell and got kicked out of the garden and brought death into the world and the, and the curses and all of this because they didn't obey, right? They knew who God was. They loved him. They spoke with him. They walked with him, but they didn't do the one thing he told them to do. You know, they thought that they could listen to a smooth teaching on something. Did he really say that? You know, is that what he meant when he said that? I think that he, you know, he knows you're going to be like God and he doesn't want to keep you from that, right? That's a blessing to know good and evil, you know? So the, the, the devil kind of frames it in a way that makes it seem like, yeah, you know, God doesn't want to keep me from something that I'm going to enjoy. You know, he, that's a blessing to me if I, for I'm just going to say it right off the bat, if I eat pork, if I eat shellfish, I enjoy that. It's, you know, it tastes good. He doesn't want me to, to miss out on that. And that, as I see it, is a teaching of the enemy that is not written in the scriptures. And some people, again, if if you're feeling that I'm speaking against what the word says and it's creating a reaction in you, take the time, pause it if you need to, go back, even come back to it tomorrow if you have to, study, see if what I'm saying is correct. Um, but please come back. You know, don't don't just do flight and leave and say, oh, God, this isn't for me and leave. Maybe there's something in here. You may disagree with 10 things I say, but the one thing that I do that you agree with, maybe you hadn't thought it that way before. So, you know, there may be something here um, for you anyway. But the way I see it, and this is just my current understanding, I'm not claiming to know everything. Uh, but my current understanding is that God doesn't change what he instructed Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, Seth, Abraham, Moses, all the way down the line, David, up to me and you. It's the same instruction. He expects the same thing from us, regardless of where we were born, what our lineage is genetically, um, you know, what time in history we're born. We have the same standard that we have to uphold, which is simply listening to what God says, because he's not telling us things just to be some cruel, evil taskmaster. But he's not doing things to get, you know, to get jollies off of you know making us run around and do things his way and, and deny ourselves he tells us things that are going to bless us and that are going to make us healthy and make us prosperous and just have blessings surround us and that are going to keep the enemy away from us so that's that's what i see his instructions as they're not a list of rules that if we if we mess up once you know we're going to burn in the fire and there's no grace there's no forgiveness that's not what the scripture says um, but at the same time, we can't just ignore them and expect his grace to cover us, knowing that he's a forgiving God and that he loves us and he'll just forgive me, but I don't have to follow the instructions. I can ignore them. I can trample them underfoot as Hebrew says, and I'll be forgiven anyway. I think that's a dangerous doctrine that unfortunately a lot of people, whether they know it or not, are kind of adhering to which I think eventually may lead, uh, you know, them to someplace they don't want to go. So it's the, so it's basically the same as uh, any, any sin, you know what I mean? To, to not follow God's commandments, like the law and, and his 10 commandments, obviously then, and people are just not realizing that they're, they're, they're just, it's so hard because we get so hyper-focused on stuff that we, we think are sins. And not going back to uh, Exodus, uh, you know, not going back to all these different verses where, where God says, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we're not going to a lot of different verses that show us like what what we should be following. We're, we kind of 
placed the Old Testament in the on the back burner, came to the New Testament, and now we're feeling like um, the New Covenant keeps us away from the law, right? So that that's what I, I'm seeing, and and I and man, I'm I'm hearing debates uh, that are that are really interesting. I'm hearing debates where I'm hearing the Christian that is believing uh, against this doctrine uh, be very, like you said, triggered and adamant, like you know, like he's like mad, like you're not even safe, brother. And the other gentleman is like, I, he's not feeling like that. You know, <laughs> he's not even acting like that at all. And it's almost like the same as when someone is debating uh flat earth versus globe earth. And they're like, biblically, you see that the biblical person is, is very like, uh, you know, contained and he's just talking normal. And the guy that's, that's, that's de debating the globe is just triggered like ah, the whole time. Just so mad. So maybe there's like a block wall built up uh, of like uh, against this, this teaching and this doctrine that, that, like you said, it, it is kind of like the globe, like you say, I mean, like, like, the, like the flat earth. So I've noticed that. So I'm open bro to studying and finding out what's going on with the, with the scriptures. And I, and I don't want to have any of those, dude. I don't want to have anything that, that the, that is not being taught where, you know, at that that the Bible is teaching and and I'm having the only the reason why is because of some type of traditional thing that's stopping me from following the Bible. So I am I'm I'm open to this for sure, and um you know I'm not I'm not the type that ever will just be like, get off my show. I can't believe you're coming up with this because I'm learning new things every day and every show, bro. You know what I mean? I'm learning. I've even learned some stuff about you know that that. I'm not hundred percent is true yet about the, the current state of Israel that during in my Calvary chapel will never ever teach that bro. You know what I'm saying? Like certain things yeah. that I'm learning. And also I'm learning that we're spiritually, you know, we're already spiritually in it. Like, you know, we're not, we're not like, there's not two separate things. You know what I'm saying? There's not like we're, we're all for God, you know, just, I'm just learning a lot of new things, bro. That, that I, I'm I'm okay like <coughs> diving into this, you know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not like scared like oh oh get off my show. There's a bad doctrine, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm open to talking right. about this and and I do believe, man. Like I'm just learning this, so that that's the thing you gotta understand. So you gotta be uh you gotta be patient with me too. I'm not, you know, what I'm saying because I'm I'm just learning this as well, and I'm not like. I am like kind of like at first like ah hold on hold on hold on you know so. If you want to explain some more, it's it's kind of it's like I said, we're, I'm open to learning about this because it is obviously in the Bible to keep the, but it, but there's like also verses that go against it, and there's verses that I feel like, and I, I know the Bible doesn't contradict itself, you know what I'm saying? So we'd have to dissect those a little bit if we can, uh, of yeah. of ones where you feel. Is there any verses you feel like, hey, th this maybe maybe makes is what makes people believe this, you know? Uh, yeah, you, you said a lot of great things there, man. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I don't mean that was kind of the vibe. Oh, <laughs> no, it was all good stuff, man. That, and that was the vibe I was getting watching your videos. It's like, you know, when, when, you know, especially with the conspiracy side, people that are kind of open to that, that's how I got into the faith in general. You know, yeah. I was I was an atheist for most of, my, most of my life. And then, you know, looking into, oh, well, they're lying about this and they're lying about that. What else is it? You know, and then eventually... I think that anyone who's who's searching for truth eventually finds Jesus the Messiah, and then he kind of opens our eyes to the rest of it. That's my been my experience anyway. Um, 
but yeah, the the whole being grafted into Israel and that it's not necessarily a piece of land, uh, that it is a spiritual house, that, um, you know, the way I see it, there are two categories of people that have ever lived. There's God's people who he has called Israel. And then there's the nations, which sometimes is translated as Gentiles in the Bible. But Gentiles just means nations. It means not of Israel, essentially. So anyone like Job, for example, he was an Edomite. He didn't live in the land. He wasn't born. You know, he was of the seed of Abraham, most likely, but he was not of the seed of Jacob, yet he was grafted in, right? He was doing the commandments. He was offering the first couple chapters. It says he was making offerings for his children if they sin, you know, whether he knew it or not. He was like, they probably did. So let me try to, you know, mediate between them and God as their priest for them. But he wasn't an Israelite, you know, but he has a whole book dedicated to him and God spoke to him directly. And, and even in Ezekiel, he's listed as one of the three most righteous men that have, of Ezekiel's time. James James of. talks about him as well. You know, James talks about Job too, as a real person. So anybody out there that's trying to tell me, oh, this is all poetry. This is, I believe yeah. that Job was a real person and uh, I love you guys. But anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's the, that's that whole, you know, what do we take figuratively? What doesn't mean what it says, what it means. And I may go, I admit that I may go a bit too far with being hyper literal, but that, uh, you know, that I've, I've, I've come to that conclusion based on stuff like that. Like you said, it's yeah. so easy to just dismiss something as, oh, that didn't really happen. Or did Daniel really write that book? You know, yeah. it's, I've heard people say all kinds of things where it's just like, well, what does it say? <laughs> I'm going to go with what it says. And if I get to my judgment time and God's like, I didn't mean that, right? You didn't take that literally, did you? I'll be like, yeah, yeah well, I, I was just going to go with what it said. And, you know, sorry. <laughs> I do all, apologize. You know, all scripture, just... Lord, as you say through Paul, all scriptures inspired by God. So if God, that's just the way I felt about everything. And I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. I, I do take things super literal sometimes where people are just like, you can't, you can't take that. I'm like, it's, it's not a scientific book or I just hear everything, bro. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. So. Um, but I don't yeah, the, uh, so the one they like what I've heard is like says the, the mountains are going to shout and the trees are going to clap their hands. Yeah. I'm just like, like they're like, they don't have hands. I'm like, well, <laughs> we don't call them hands. Right. We call them leaves or sticks or twigs. Maybe God calls them hands. I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And then obviously, as we both know, there's obviously there's some, you know, metaphors in the bible some but but it you know like you know sometimes it is used that way but yeah we could take it hyper literal and, and i'm okay with that I'd rather take it hyper literal than make up something up and say you know what i mean and make up a lie and say oh yeah. it, it, it doesn't say that it says this or oh god just meant it as poetry or god just meant it as um uh you know anything like that it's better to take it literal yeah, and, and even like if better. he did mean it as poetry like you can read i don't know pick pick your favorite poet who describes a flower Right. He's using language that doesn't say, oh, it, it has roots and a stem and it has petals like he's making it beautiful, but he's still describing a flower. Yeah. And it, just because it's poetry doesn't mean it's false. Right. Yeah. He's yeah, still yeah. describing the thing just maybe in a way that isn't like scientific and strictly, you know, describing its mechanisms and things. But <laughs> yeah. it's still it's still a flower. Right. Or it's a rose by any other name. Smells just as sweet. Right. You can yeah. call it whatever it is. And it's still a rose. Yeah, um, I've heard a lot of yeah, that. I want to get 
a lot. I've heard a lot yeah, of want, things where it's just an allegory. You know, that's that's what a lot of people say. But go ahead, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, I want to get back into the uh, being one house and being grafted in. Paul says that multiple times, and we see that in Ezekiel as well, and through allusion, like we were talking about in the Old Testament, even with the one house of Israel with after King Solomon being split into two and then being prophesied to come back into one, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're seeing. So the people who say, Oh, those instructions are for Israel. We don't do those. You're kind of removing yourself from the covenant, right? If, if we read the new covenant in Jeremiah and in Ezekiel, the covenant and in Hebrews and, and um, I forget one of Paul's letters that's mentioned. I slipped in my mind at the time, but it's like, it's specifically made, I will make my covenant in those days with the house of Judah and with the house of Israel. The Gentiles are not part of that covenant. They're not in there, right? It's, and, and then if you keep going further, what is the new covenant? I will write my law in their inward parts. I will take out their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh with the law written in there. And somehow the church has turned that the church, you know, as a general term, not to disparage or anything, just kind of you know put it out there it the teaching is the new covenant is we are gentiles we're grafted in we don't have to do the law when the covenant specifically says it's made with the house of israel and judah not the gentiles and that it is the law being written inside of us so that we will do it if, if he's not taking it away he's internalizing it he's making it more a part of us than it was before right now we read it as paul says and this is where people kind of go astray when they don't understand really what Paul was saying because again it's 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 not in the original language that he was speaking it's 2000 years later so the, the 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 contextual things and the customs of the times and he's answering specific questions that are being written to him we don't have the letters from the churches that are writing to him we have his responses so we're only getting half of a conversation in a different language from 2000 years ago and making a completely separate religion on it that is sometimes contradicting what is written in the scriptures. So I think that is probably not the way to handle it. If there's something that is being said, be it Paul or Peter or James or whoever it is, John or whoever, you know, Luke and Acts, whoever's writing it where it doesn't seem to accord with the rest of the Bible, it's probably a misunderstanding or a mistranslation or something we're just not getting about that particular text rather than it's, changing what the text that we do have says um so i think if we kind of look at it that way it's like i'm not and it seems to be saying something different i'm just not understanding it correctly rather than he's saying something different now we don't have to do what they've been doing for the last four thousand years um i kind of like to look at it that way so i think you said um you asked where does this come from what are some passages i think they're almost entirely from the book of acts and from the letters of paul and I think it was Rob Skiba who said, I've heard it attributed to him. If you all, if you want to understand what Paul said, you need to understand what Paul read. And he was reading what we would call the Old Testament. He uh -huh. didn't have the Gospels. He had the firsthand account from the disciples. They were telling him what Jesus said, but he didn't. They weren't written down yet. He didn't have his own letters to refer to as doctrine. He had you know, he had Psalms and, and the words of Solomon and Isaiah and the words of Moses. That's what he was writing about. He was trying to bring people, new converts, whether they were Israelites, Hebrews, Jews of the time who didn't know that Yeshua was the Messiah, 
that they knew what Moses said, they knew what the prophets said, but they didn't know that the Messiah had come. They missed it. And Paul's like, he came. Here's what he did for us. It's amazing, right? These are the incredible things that the Messiah did. And here's why. And then he goes back to the Old Testament, which they knew very well. Because, that I mean, that's what they learned in school, right? They didn't have biology textbooks and things like that. They had Isaiah, you know, they had Jeremiah. And they studied those as if that were their, you know, their schooling. So their school was literally learning about the law and the prophets. So they knew that stuff very well, but they didn't have, they didn't have Jesus. Then the second group he's teaching to are Gentiles who did not know the law. They were not raised there. They were raised in paganism. They were raised with false gods. But they heard the preaching from Paul or, or whoever about Jesus, and it struck a chord with them. Right? The Spirit spoke to them, and they're like, that seems true. Right? That seems like something that I can get behind, and that, that's speaking to me. Tell me more. And those people, he's trying to take back to the Old Testament, to the Law and the Prophets. So he's teaching two different groups of people. Some To some people, right, the book of Romans is written to people who know the law, right? It's written to believers in the law and the prophets. And he's teaching them about Jesus. And that's where we get, confess with your mouth and you will be saved. Believe your heart will be saved. Mm-hmm. And then he's also teaching to people who do not know the law. And he's trying to teach them that it needs, that is, it is, it is fulfilled. I hate to use that word because it gets mis- misapplied, but it is the, the fulfillment of the law happened in Jesus, the Messiah. He walked it out perfectly. He never sinned. He was tempted by the devil. He was taken, you know, he was, he was fasting in the wilderness and, and the adversary comes to him. Like, I don't know if, if you've ever had an experience like that specifically where the devil has come to you and spoken to you. Praise Yah, I have not. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can apply anyway, but I mean, that must've been some kind of temptation, right? Yeah. Where the, the original sure. adversary is talking to you and trying to get you, you know, you 40 days without food and water, you're out in the wilderness, you're hungry, you're thirsty, the sun's been beaten down on you. And all of a sudden this being comes and it's like, I can take this pain away from you, right? I can make you, I can make you God on earth. I can do all these things for you. All you have to do is worship. It's so easy, right? Just drop down and worship me. It's, it doesn't cost you anything. I'll leave and you'll have all these wonderful things. And, you know, because he's the Messiah, right? He'd never sinned. So he's like, get behind me, Satan. That's not for me. Yeah. And we have to follow that example. So, um, you know, it's, it's, he walked it out perfectly. He showed us what to do and how to do it in his life. And he went through the most gruesome death and torture that I could possibly imagine he never sinned with his lips, and he just showed us that no matter what the torture is, no matter what the torment, no matter what the temptation is, you don't have to sin. You don't have to give into it because I did it for you. I showed you that it's possible, and you get your strength from me. I will give it to you. I will give you my spirit. I will show you and t- teach you that it's possible, and, you know, praise yeah. God. Yeah, let's let's not get over that. Praise God. Yes, yes. And Um, and also, I think when you were talking right now about Paul, um, he also needed to make sure that they don't get hyper focused on following the law only and not realizing what Jesus did for them, because all the people that were pagan were all about rituals. Right. So as he's talking to them 
Um, and, and I'm not saying that anything that Paul is saying to us is not applying to us. And I think he was speaking to us today. And I don't, I don't think the Bible is, 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 um, anything that you could just say, that's an old, uh, archaic way of doing things. I just think it it is kind of, it's, it's hard when you hear your your audience is hyper-focused on rituals and, and, and doing things to their gods. And you're trying to pull them out of that ritualistic life and then bring them to God, to Jesus you do need to let them know that Jesus dying on the cross, he, 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 he fulfilled the law. Like that's, you don't need to just focus on that. You know, we don't want to be hyper-focused on religion the whole time and, and, and traditions of oral law, which some people are focused on, you know, too much where, where the, the people, the Pharisees and all they created oral law and, and actually what the law is in the Bible, right? That's, that's something that we need to, we need to uh, separate. Cause there's traditional things that I think that they brought in that maybe Jesus was like, like, you know, that's why Jesus was, that's why Jesus is the word. He's explaining to them that, yeah, yeah, you do that for man's approval or you do that because he knows exactly their heart and they're, they're creating things to boast themselves about. And I think that's why Paul is talking about boasting. It's not, you know what I mean? Like they're doing it so that they get men's approval uh, you know, and, and they're not getting God's approval. So that's something that, that we need to separate as well. Right. Yeah. That is a great point, man. That is a huge distinction that a lot of people don't make. Um, you know, we can do the same thing with a different heart, you know, and, uh, one person is rewarded for it. The other person gets the reward on earth. You yeah. know, when, uh, Yeshua gives the parable of, of the man who goes to pray or, or even that the Pharisee who goes to pray, who, who, who speaks long sentences and just murmurs and mutters, you know, thinking that through many words, he's going to be heard. The moral is don't pray. You know, the moral is not don't pray. The moral is pray with a good heart, you know, pray, pray in truth. Don't pray to be seen by men, right? Don't go yeah. out in the marketplaces to appear righteous, be righteous. <laughs> yeah. But some people take that to mean, I don't have to do anything. Right. I, I, I can, I can sin and it's okay. It's not okay. It has never been okay. It never will be okay. But we can sin by following the law, which you were you were touching on there, right? We can we can do something that is instructed in the Torah, but do it for the wrong reason, and that is a sin. We're doing it to for pride. We're doing it to be seen of men. We're doing it to appear righteous. Whatever the case may be. We're doing it to get approval, to get followers, to get, you know, people into the church, to get tithes, whatever it happens to be. We're doing it for the wrong reasons, even though it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. So we need to be very careful, walk the middle path. Like you said, it's it's easy to fall on one side or the other, right? We can go the way of, of what we would call today Judaism, where they're strictly adhering to, let's just say, the Sabbath, for example. Right? They don't work on the Sabbath. Everything closes. You know, they, they don't earn money, they don't go online, they don't do all of these things that appear to be in line with the text. But then they also say, you can't flip on a television, you can't press an elevator button, you can't uh, carry something in your pockets, you can't do this or that. That's not in the Torah. Those are oral traditions that were handed down from rabbis who said, well, what does it mean to carry a burden? Oh, well, I think five pounds is a burden. I think 10 pounds is a burden. And they they sat down in, in councils and they discussed it. I'm not even saying that's bad, right? They, they tried to figure it out as best they could, but they came up with a, a, a bunch of rulings 
which God did not ordain, man did. They're doctrines of men, which are then taught as commandments of God, which he never said those things. So it's easy to go to that side and get hyper-focused on being obedient. But then it's also easy to go to the other side where I'm hyper-focused on grace and forgiveness, which, you know, praise God, he gives to us because I need it. I certainly need it. Yes, you know, I've fallen short throughout my life many times and continue to do so. It's a continual yeah. process of learning. But the spirit, I think, will never lead us to disobedience. It always wants to bring us in line with the written word and to make us more, um, more like his beloved son, who, again, never sinned. He did yes. things that were pleasing to his father and he spoke his father's words. So I think if we follow that example, again, high level, right, big picture kind of stuff, follow the example of Yeshua in that he never sinned, he never broke the commandments, he did everything in line with what his father said and commanded, he spoke his father's words, he did the deeds of Abraham. And if we do that, I think we're going to, we may disagree on how to do that, you know, in the details again, but I think that will lead us to where we want to go. Yes. And I'll, it's, it's, if you like, for an example, like, let's say I'm an EMT and it's the Sabbath and, and, and to make money, I, I save lives. And then all of a sudden it's the Sabbath and my kid is choking. Am I supposed to like say, I can't, I can't help him. You know what I mean? He's choking right now and it's the Sabbath, so I can't work, you know? And then he just dies and you're like, see God, I followed your Sabbath. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing when Jesus was healing people. Like you're healing people on the Sabbath. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I mean, Jesus kind of lets us know that, you know, you're hyper-focused on oral tradition and laws instead of actually f helping people. Like, am I not supposed to preach the gospel on, uh, on the Sabbath because, I'm, uh, you know, that's what I, I'm a, I'm a preacher and that's what I normally do. And I just need to be resting and relaxing. Nah, man, always discipleship first, uh, the kingdom of heaven first, the kingdom of God first. Uh, and you know, and, and then your oral stuff, you know, that's, that's just created, like, like you said, man, for boasting and, and, and stuff like that, where, and God knows, like you said, God knows your heart, you know, so it gets interesting, man. And, uh, it, when I was listening to the debate, it, it's, I was just like, all right, and now I need to, I'm going to dig deeper, obviously, into this, you know, because I have obviously not been taught this. I don't even know all the feasts and festivals. I know there's like, I know there's, I know of some, and I don't follow the feasts or festivals either, you know, um, is, is, is it part of law? Uh, because I'm, and I'm, and I'm just saying this out of, uh, is it, is it, is it oral or is it, or is it part of law to, to follow the festivals? Um, it, it kind of goes both ways, right? Okay. There's. I mean, if, if we look at Hanukkah and Purim, which is in the book of Esther, and Hanukkah is in the book of Maccabees, that's where that comes from, man decided that we're going to celebrate these, right? Yeah. Hanukkah was a rededication of the temple and the altar after it had been defiled by Antiochus. He came in, sacrificed the pig, and made it made the temple desolate. The, the Maccabees came in, and for those who not, have not read the book of Maccabees, they came in and restored it. And they declared a feast of seven days. Let's say, they said, let's do this like the Feast of Tabernacles. We'll have seven days. We'll celebrate it. The Feast of Dedications is, is we see that actually in the book of John. Uh, Messiah went up for the Feast of Dedications. So that's an oral tradition. The same with the, the Purim in the book of Esther. They, they were saved from the, the hand of Haman. They were not wiped out. And they said, hey, let's celebrate this as, as, a, as a festival of deliverance that was given to us from the Almighty. Those are oral feasts that are not necessarily wrong, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating them, but they're not commanded by God. What is commanded by God can be found in the book of Exodus and the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Numbers, specifically Leviticus 23. It lists, uh, starts with Passover and ends with the Feast of Ingathering. Um, so there are seven feasts which are ordained by God, including the Sabbath. The Sabbath is actually a weekly festival. It is a weekly feast. Every seven days, he wants us to have a feast with him, which he calls the Sabbath of rest. Mm -hmm. And then there are the seven feasts in addition to the weekly feast on the seventh day. So it, I don't want to say that it, it's a walk, right? We're all learning. Each day, we should be trying to bring something new in and advance our, our, it's a walk for a reason, right? We're on a path. So that involves movement and going from one place to another. So if you're out there and you're listening and you haven't ever celebrated Passover, you have never celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, don't worry, it's okay, right? If you want to learn about it, it's written in the book. Uh, we see the examples throughout the New Testament as well. Paul kept, Paul kept the Feast of Tabernacles. He kept the Feast of Passover, well after the, the resurrection. So these things are not done away with. We see in uh, Zechariah, when Zechariah is pro prophesying about the millennial kingdom, they're keeping the Feast of Tabernacles. We see in Ezekiel, um, the last nine chapters, um, again, with, with the temple being described, they're keeping the Feast of Passover. So these things were not done away with temporarily, and then they're going to be reinstituted. They are valid now. They should be kept to the best of our ability, right? We, at least I, do not sacrifice a lamb. I take it as Messiah is our Passover sacrifice, that it was pointing towards him in the past. It was pointing forwards to him. And then in the future, it was pointing backwards to him. But that doesn't mean we do away with the whole day and the whole festival is done away with just because I do not sacrifice the lamb anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's just my the way that I keep it, some people do sacrifice the lamb. I've, I've seen that. Or they go to the store and they buy, you know, a cut of, of lamb leg or whatever it is. And they, you know, just make sure they eat it that day. Mm -hmm. The how, I don't think we're, we should get caught up on. Again, devil in the details. But we should be trying to do it to the best of our ability. And it's pretty easy. And it's actually a blessing. Um, the first couple of years I was in the faith and I didn't do it. I didn't know how to do it. I was kind of hesitant. And I was like, well, if I don't do it right, then I'm, I'm not doing it right. And I'm, that's a sin. No, no, no. He, like, he knows our heart. He knows we're trying to do it to the best of our ability, right? If, 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 you, have, if you have a child in school and they come home with, a, with an 85 on their test, are you going to ground them? Are you going to be mad they didn't get 100? You know, you're going to say, you failed. You didn't get 100 and did it perfectly. So you're no son of mine. No, you're going you're gonna to praise them for getting 85% right. And you know, maybe if we study a little more, next time we can get those, those questions you got wrong, we can figure those out. And that's why they, they, they come around every year. And we do the same exact festivals every year. And each year we should learn a little bit more about them. We should try to refine our understanding. And I don't think we're ever going to get it perfect until we have the high priest in front of us, Yeshua, telling us, you know, well, no, we should probably do this instead of that. And they're like, oh, okay, now, now I get it. Now I see what you've been saying all this time. Um, so, you know, to the best we can, but to, to ignore it outright or just to reject it as for a different set of people for a different time period that that's not for me. I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. 
that's probably not the best way to to handle that or really anything else written in the scripture. And then just to before I lose the thread, just to go back to to doing good on the Sabbath, you sh- Jesus says that it is good to do good on the Sabbath. So if you know I'm over here in the trees, as you could see, if if a tree falls on my neighbor's house, I'm going to go over there with the chainsaw and sweat my butt off trying to cut that tree up to to you know make sure that it, it they're they're okay. You know, if, if, if a car breaks down in front on the road, I'm going to do what I can to get under there and get greasy and dirty and try to help them get to where they need to go. But if it's not an emergency, if my friend calls me up and say, Hey, can you help me with this? I'm like, Oh, can I wait till tomorrow, bro? He's like, yeah, no problem. Okay. Well, we'll do it tomorrow. You know, if, but if it's pressing, if it's, you know, if, if it's something that needs to be done, do it. It's okay. No matter how much work it involves, it's good to help people always. You know, do we not work at a soup kitchen? Because it's no, we feed the people. We we try to help them. But yeah. if it's something that can easily be set aside, I'll just do it tomorrow. Then we should probably do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you have to keep it to a strict day? Uh, you know, like I only do it like Saturday to Sunday. Or do you believe that it's a, a day of rest? You know, like as long as you just do that, you, you give a, you know, you follow a Sabbath on a certain day or do you have to do that? Or do you believe maybe that it's okay to do, you know, to have a Sabbath on Friday or Sunday or Monday? What do you think? I think that it is the seventh day as established at creation. You know, God rested on the seventh day uh-huh. and it has never, it has never changed since then. So I personally do it on Saturday which uh-huh. I think is the seventh day, you know, there could uh-huh. be arguments about what is the real seventh day and was it changed by yeah, yeah, Caesar yeah. back when, and, and all, you know, as, as best we could do, I think Saturday, what we call Saturday is the seventh day. Um, again, established from creation doesn't change, you know, there's no extra days put in between. There's no days taken away. Every six days you work, you can work. You don't have to work six days, but, Six days work can be done, and on the seventh day is the Sabbath. So it's a it's a repeating cycle. That that's that's how I do it. I don't condemn anyone. I don't condemn anyone for anything. Personally, yeah. <laughs> it's, not my, it's not my job. But uh, I don't I don't you know speak against people who take a Sabbath on you know if they work if their job has the day off on a Tuesday, and that's when they do their Sabbath. You know that's between you and God. If you if you're led to leave that job and find another one where you can rest on Saturday. I say, I say, go for it. If God is, if you're doing good in that job and God wants you there, then take it on Tuesday, you know, for, for the time being. But I think that it is the seventh day and to the best of our ability, we should try to keep it on the seventh day as, as what we would call Saturday. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But there, but there's always grace, right? There's always mercy and forgiveness and to the best of our ability, he knows what each individual has in front of them on their plate. So, you know, if if I'm doing something one way and I don't know any better and someone does know better and they're doing it the wrong way as well, then I'm probably going to be forgiven and they're probably going to get reprimanded because they knew yeah. they knew that they should be doing it the right once way. Once you get they, exposed to yeah, once you get exposed to something, you're held accountable, you know, in the Bible. So, if you're listening to this show and you start going down this this uh and, and start studying this then you know that's kind of you've been exposed to it you know what i mean and that's what's happening with me i just started uh and 
I'm not saying I, I I'm I'm 100. I don't even. This is just new to me. You know what I mean. So I just have to study more and more and more. I always get subjects that that are that are against my uh, uh, MK Ultra <laughs> that we get. And I'm not gonna say that, but it's almost like that, man. Uh, with 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 the, with somebody teaching you certain things, and it comes down the line, and then you're just you're you're just you'll never let anybody teach you something new. We can't do that, you know. So uh, obviously, it's it's uh it's something that got brought to my attention, and you sent me the email, and I started studying it. So I would just suggest people. Don't 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 listen to the show and be like, are you saying that I have to be works and I have to believe in God too? Like it's I, I, that, and I don't have salvation, you know. Um, it's just that's obviously something that 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 people have been debating for the longest, you know. Uh, and it's not yeah, something it's, that. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I mean it's it's okay. That's what most people do. They're just like, oh, this is false doctrine. Uh, I'm out. You know, this is Jehovah's Witness or this is this, this is that this is that. You know, it's like that's what happens. You know, but. All, all I think you are saying, um, I, if, if, don't get me wrong, is if you're not following the law or you're not following what God is saying, then then you're 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 not abiding by God's, you know, you're, you're sinning the same as if you're watching pornography or drinking or, or doing drugs, right? Maybe it's a it's uh, it's the same. I mean, sin you're is, sinning. If as long as you're not, yeah. if you're not following what God says in His commandments, you're sinning. The same way as not following the Ten Commandments or not following, you know, anything that that Jesus said to do, or or all the things that are mentioned. You know, the sexual idolatry and and all those different things that are that are mentioned. You know, you're you're sinning no matter what. Yeah, it's James. Sad. You know, he says, um, you know, if you're guilty <laughs> in one, you're guilty in all, and then. Paul says the John, same. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, John, but John talks about there's a sin unto death and a sin not unto death. So there is a distinction there somewhere. You know, it's like, is, is, uh, like I said, is, oh, I don't know, saying a swear word or telling a white lie the same as committing murder? I don't think so. Personally, that's my opinion. I think it's much worse to do that than to, uh -huh. than to maybe, you know, massage the truth a little bit. But, we should be honest, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not saying lie, but I think there's varying levels of these kind of things where, you know, if, if you're out murdering, if you're out like burning someone's house down, that's probably a lot worse than, you know, doing not, not tithing or not, you know, doing something, doing something really small in your okay. life, not yeah. praying at a certain time or, you know, but, but again, sin is sin. We should try to obliterate all of it from our life. Because, I mean, this could go down a whole road, but I think that if we are being obedient, we have a hedge of protection around us. And once we start sinning, we're starting opening doors yeah. to, you know, to and spirits and things that, you know, we might not have the full protection and the full armor of God where we did before. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a very spiritual aspect to it. It's like, again, I kind of started off with like, he doesn't give us these rules for his benefit. He gives it for our benefit. Where if, if we're following, you know, we're going to end up being blessed and the enemy's going to have to stay away from us because he doesn't have a right to us because yeah. we haven't allowed him into our life. Yeah, you have joy. But, you're not you're not feeling guilty. You're not getting condemnation. There's a lot of different things, man. But you might not be sometimes. I don't know. Like, I think the Holy Spirit guides us, you know, and um, we we know. I, I think we know with our heart, you know, when we're not when we're not in obedience. But yeah, and. And that's the thing, man. 
sorry, 90, 95% of Christians are following 90 to 95% of the law anyway. Yeah. Right. You're, you know, I'm sure you're trying to do your best to be a good person, to be a witness to God, to bring him the glory through you as a witness to other people. I'm following Jesus and I'm not being a bad person. I'm being good to my neighbor. I'm, I'm trying to do these things. And, you know, people look at those things as works, right? <laughs> that gets yeah. such a bad connotation. It's like, is, is giving a homeless person money works? Yeah, it is. Should we do it? Yes, we should. We should try to help when we can. And that physically manifests by helping people, by doing physical things. So those are called works. And it's not faith or works or faith versus works. It's faith and works. Faith brings you to works. Because I have faith, I'm going to do good for my neighbor. And it's, it leads you into it. So it's not one or the other. They, they work hand in hand together. It's a byproduct it of, is, of faith. It's like a, yeah, yeah works exactly. is a byproduct so, of faith. Yeah. And you shouldn't yeah, even so be, Christian, you, sh you shouldn't feel bad. <laughs> you should never feel no. bad about doing works, right? Um, the, the question would be, do you have to do both for salvation? Now that is something, now that that's something that's been debated and that's, that's, you know, some, some people would be like, I'm going to go with James and uh, what James would say, you know, or I'm going to go with what Paul would say. And then they're going to be arguing and arguing, you know, it's just, I don't believe that we should, we should, we should do that. You know, I mean, um, it's just, we, yeah, we need it, to find out though. We need to figure it out though. That's for sure. And I, I did oh, like, yeah. a, we did an episode on um, once saved, always saved. And uh, that's what brought me down that, that that's what opened up what, 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 uh, you know, th whatever you're, you, you know, what, what we're kind of going over now that kind of opened it up a little bit. And then I started listening to Sean kingdom in context, not saying that I, I, I go with everything he says either. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like I've just, we're, we, we're kind of limited sometimes as Christians here in America, where, where we're stuck with the 66 books and we're stuck with, uh, you know, what our pastor's teaching us. And we, and those are, and some of that stuff is tradition too, and we don't even know it. And, and if we just stick with what, we're being taught without opening up to other, maybe other books. Uh, not saying that all of them are, are canon, but I, I do think that we need to open up our, our, um, and, you know, open up and learn everything, you know? Yeah. It's, um, we can everything we can. And then let the Holy yeah, spirit it, tell you what's wrong and not wrong. You know what I mean? And just pray about it and pray about it and pray about it, you know? And guys, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I I'm a hundred percent. I haven't studied enough for me to tell you, yeah, this, this, this man is hundred percent correct. And you need to follow for sure. And I, I haven't studied enough, but it is just whatever the Bible says is what we should do. And we do take the Bible literal when it comes to cosmology. So we need to just, you know, be open, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like to think, you know, a hypothetical, right? If, if when judgment day comes and we're standing before the throne, right? If we're in a line of people, right? The guy before me goes up and he says, you know, I was born in the land of Neftali, you know, 800 BC. And I did the instructions of God the best I could. I followed the feasts. I went to the high priest, I offered my sacrifices I observed the Sabbath. I never ate pork. I did all of these things that are good. And God says, come in, good and faithful servant, have your reward. And then the next person comes up and says, you know, I lived in the year 2019 and I didn't do any of those things. 
I, I, I didn't do a single one of those. And God says, come in, good and faithful servant. I don't think that's going to happen, right? I don't think that one person is going to get rewarded for doing something and another person is going to get rewarded for doing the opposite. That doesn't seem right to me. It seems like there's one standard of judgment. There's one law for everybody. There's one, you know, there's one expectation, no matter when we were born or where or why or how or to who, right? What is your lineage? Oh, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I can trace my ancestry back four generations. That's like 200 years. I don't know if I'm bloodline Israel or not. I have no idea. I could be, I might not be. I may be 5%, I may be 85%. Can't tell you. So when someone says that's for the Jews, how do they know they're not Jewish? <laughs> they have no yeah. idea what yeah. their ancestry is. They're just kind of making it, a, I don't have to do it, I don't want to do it. That's for somebody else at a different time. You know, I, I, but I can't imagine that one person's going to be sent to the lake of fire for doing something that the same person is going to be sent to heaven for doing. It just, that doesn't seem like the correct uh, standard to me. But again, I'm not the judge. I don't know. He may have his way of doing it that is foolishness to me, but it's wisdom to him. I don't know. But I think we're better safe than sorry if we're trying to do what the patriarchs and what our Messiah did. Right? He didn't break the law, so why should I break the law? But again, yeah. I, I, I kind of touched on this briefly. Most believers, if they're walking it out, are doing most of it anyway. What they're missing is food most, most of the time. What they're missing is food. They eat unclean things. They don't observe the weekly Sabbath or the annual festivals. They might not wear seat seat. They might not. Basically, that's it, right? Everything else, they're, they're good to their neighbor. They worship God the way he says to do it. They're not, they're not worshiping idols. They're not lying. They're not stealing. They're not murdering. They're doing most of it anyway. But it's uh -huh. like three or four things somewhere along the line crept in where it's like, we don't have to do those. Those are not for us. Yeah, we don't kill. Yeah, we don't lie. But we also don't keep the Sabbath. Well, it's literally the fourth commandment, right? It's not tucked away in the corner of a book somewhere. It's the fourth of 10, right? It's right in the middle. It's not like the first three are for Israel. The fourth is for, it's not like the first three are for everybody. The fourth is for Israel. And then five through 10 are also for everybody. No, it's all for everybody. Everything's for everybody. If you're a believer, if you're in covenant, and, and again, that's something we haven't really touched on. It is a covenant, right? It's a legally binding agreement. Um, we see it in Exodus. The covenant is everything you say we will do. That's our part of it. And then he tells us what he says, the things that we have to do. And then his part of it is, I will bless you. You know, no evil will come upon you. You will be fruitful. You will be enriched in the earth. You will be brought to the resurrection of the saints. You will inherit the kingdom and glory. That's his part. I can't, I can't bring myself there. I can't bless myself. He does that. My part is everything you say we will do. So that's the old covenant. That's the new covenant. It's the same thing. The law is written in our hearts. So we do it. <laughs> we don't. Okay. Here's yeah. an example. Let's say that there is a guy that was born at 800 BC and that, that, tried to follow the the law and everything or let's say somebody was born in 2019 or, or lived in 2019 and they're up there and they said uh i don't i didn't follow any of the laws whatsoever uh but i do believe that jesus christ is my lord and savior i believe that he died on the cross he rose again after three days um not i'm not saying that didn't follow any of the laws whatsoever but didn't follow some of the laws that are that are in the old testament but they believe in jesus as their lord and savior and and they they are 
good people, whatever you would say, you know, but, but they're doing their best, but, but they did, they did believe that Jesus Christ was Lord and Savior. They believe that he died again, rose again after three days. They, they believe that he was a sacrificial lamb. They believe that they're saved by his blood. And, but there is another person that followed the law and doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Uh, and they, and they don't believe in, in Jesus and they deny Jesus. Would they still go to heaven in, in your interpretation? And that's a tough one, dude. Um, I only have my limited understanding, right? I don't know the hearts and minds of those two people. It's a hard one to, to answer. I'm sorry yeah, I asked I mean, you this way, but I just, because you did, you did say that, that you believe that if someone did follow the law, that, that they would, you believe that he said, good, good and faithful servant come, but you didn't mention anything about Jesus. And that's the thing that, that people have, uh, that we have ingrained in us as Christians. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, yeah, it, it's, it's. I, I would never try to speak against the Messiah, right? That's just foolishness to, to even think that. Uh -huh. So it's like, as I see it, he's, he is our sacrifice now for when we mess up. Back in the day, they sacrificed the blood of animals, right? Yes. Bulls and goats, Hebrews talk about. We don't do that anymore. So when we transgress today, the blood of the Messiah covers us. That's our forgiveness. It talks about... Without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. So his blood, it it's not like a, a mystical thing, right? It, it's it's the same. I say this. Okay. Back in the time of Moses and even before, right? We see Cain and Abel offering sacrifices. Abraham offered sacrifices. We see it all throughout well before Moses came along at Sinai. So they offered, they offered animals and the blood of the animal by the mitigation of the high priest is what forgave the individual of their sin then. They would confess their sin to an earthly priest, the sons of Aaron, whoever it happens to be. That priest would sacrifice an animal, the blood would be shed, and God would accept that blood as rather than ours, because we sinned, we're the ones that should die. You know, sin brings death. We sinned, we should die, but he accepts the blood of the animal instead of us. We don't do that anymore because they had made that, Israel had turned that into I'll do what I want and I'll just bring an animal, right? I'll just sin Monday through Sunday and it doesn't matter to me. I'll just bring this animal and he'll die and I'll be fine to go and I'll be forgiven and I can just keep going on sinning. And they turned the system, which was meant for mercy and grace, they turned it into mockery. So we see all throughout the, the prophets, Yah is like, I will not accept your sacrifices. He's like, these are an abomination to me. I'm not going to smell your holy feasts. I'm not going to do... I'm not going to accept your sacrifices and your offerings because they're abomination. But then why? He, he commanded us to do those. So it's not that he commanded us to do abominable things. The people had turned his good into evil, right? The thing that was meant to save us was now the same thing condemning us because people were like, I'll just sin and I can offer this bull and it'll be fine. I don't have to worry about repenting of my sin. I'll confess it, but I won't really repent of it. And they went on sinning. And so God is like, we're not doing this anymore. You've turned this into abomination. I will send my son as a once and for all sacrifice. And his blood, rather than continually, every time you sin, bring in goat, you can just tap into the blood of the Messiah, and that will forgive your sin. It is strong enough and powerful enough, hallelujah, that it can cover every single person who has lived that confesses him as their Messiah, but you need to repent of the sin, right? You need to confess it to your high priest. 
you can't just go on sinning, as I understand it. You can't high go priest, on sinning. High priest being Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. High priest okay. being Jesus. Thank you okay. for clarifying. Just some people, have, it, Father yeah. Father John is my my high priest, you know, whatever. I'm just giving an example, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Good. That's a great point. Yeah, Jesus is our high priest today. If we believe in him, his blood cleanses our sins, but we need to confess the sin and turn away from it, right? Uh, Hebrews talks about, you know, how much more trampling underfoot the blood of the son of man, which I interpret that to mean I'm claiming him as my Messiah. His blood covers my sin. Okay, now let's keep going out and sinning some more. That's trampling his blood underfoot. That's not respecting his sacrifice. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm crucifying him anew every single time that I sin and claim his blood again over and over and over again without turning from my sin. That's not the way that it's supposed to be done back then or today. So to get back to your question, Again, I'm not the judge. I don't know, but this is my current understanding, which again could change tomorrow. This is my current understanding. If a person denies the Messiah, but lives a righteous life, whatever that looks like to their understanding, I think in Romans he talks about Gentiles who do the law without knowing the law are a law unto themselves. So, whatever that means in the eyes of God, how he interprets that for not how I interpret it, but how he interprets what Paul said there, right? And Paul didn't make it up, right? He's reinterpreting the scripture as he understands it. So, if a Gentile does the law without understanding that, oh, maybe I sinned here, so I never confessed it because I didn't know it was a sin, so I never confessed it, and I don't have the Messiah to forgive me, I think they probably make it through. And the same way, a person who does know the Messiah and continually sins is probably not going to make it because they're not respecting the sacrifice. They're taking the sacrifice and just trampling all over it by continuing to sin if they know it's a sin. If they don't know, if they don't have the understanding, there, there's the, the parable that he tells, you know, the servant who does his master's will without knowing it is worthy of few stripes. But the servant who knows what his master's will is and continues to do it is worthy of many stripes. Yeah. So there is a distinction there. I don't claim to know what it is. Yeah. And I don't want to find out. <laughs> I want to try to be as close to that good and faithful servant walking out the will of my master as I possibly can. But I'm going to fall short. It happens almost every day. I'm going to mess up, be it in thought, deed, or action, or word. And thankfully, I have the blood of my Messiah, Jesus Christ, where if I confess to him and I say, man, please give me the spirit to not do this thing that I'm struggling against. I can't get this thought out of my head and I'm sinning against myself or my brother or you. And just please fill me with the spirit and help me get rid of this. You know, I need to put in the work to try to get rid of it. And if I do, he's going to fill me that spirit and he's going to forgive me of that sin. Okay. As I understand it. When Jesus, we take the Bible literal. So when Jesus says you think about something that's that's still sinning. Like, let's say I think, let's say I, I have a wife and I think about another woman in a certain way, that's committing adultery, right? So I believe so. Yeah, he said. Yeah. It. So I don't believe personally, this is the way I believe at this moment, I have to study more. I don't believe that anybody can follow the law the way that you explained it, where they could just get into heaven. I don't believe anybody can because of the fact that we cannot control 
what our mind does, unless the, the Holy Spirit can literally strap you down to just being like perfect, which I don't think anybody can do. And obviously you don't think, don't so, think so either. So I don't think that anybody personally can make it into heaven. I don't think anybody can make it in heaven, but Jesus, uh, the way he lived without accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's what I believe at this moment, because I don't believe anybody, whether you're a pastor, a pope, uh, Mother Teresa, uh, whatever, can ever make it to heaven because of the fact that I see somebody that's my neighbor and I, and my mind just says, look at that guy, this, or I want to covet this, or I did, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so impossible for me at this moment to believe, not saying that anybody in history has never done it, can ever follow the law. Perfect. But Jesus, because everything we do is filthy rags. So at this moment, that's what I do believe that that person that said that followed the law as best as they could, that doesn't have Jesus and my personal without studying everything that I need to study that you're going over yet. <laughs> I'm not saying that I know everything, but at this moment, I would say that that person doesn't make it into heaven without Jesus, even though they did their best to follow the law because they don't believe in the sacrifice. They don't believe that Jesus was died for their sins and they never follow the law truly because humans cannot without, you know, the, the blood of Jesus. But that's just where I'm at at this moment. That's how I would answer that question. So the people yeah, that are, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to misrepresent, misrepresent myself if I came across that way. No, heck I no, believe, I believe in the Messiah, right? No, 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 you don't. I, you're, you're covered. I'm just, we're just hypothetically talking. And, and like you said, I'm not Jesus and I'm not God. So I'm not saying that they're not going to make it to heaven for sure. I don't know, but that's the way I would answer it. I'm just answering the question the way I asked you, the way I believe compared to the way you answered it. And you didn't answer it in a bad way. I think that you answered it. Maybe you were answering it like if that person was able to keep the law perfect, like how Jesus uh, did, yeah, then they would make it. It's probably impossible to do it. Yeah. But, you know, we look at like John the Baptist's parents, for example. It says that they were blameless, which means they didn't transgress. Uh -huh. so, and we see it, you know, David was perfect in the law. It says, except for the matter of Uriah the Hittite. So, but we know David, David if you read the Psalms, David says he's a sinner left and right. But in the eyes of God, he was perfect, except in that one thing with Uriah. So I think that's where grace comes in, right? We're forgiven of our transgressions if we repent of it. Mm -hmm. So even though we did transgress the law, God is faithful to forgive, right? He wants to be with us. He wants to forgive us. So, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, if you look at it, there's people who are called righteous, which just means that they're they're not sinful. Right. They didn't sin. They're not transgressing with the word righteous. So what does that mean in God's eyes? I don't know. I can't say it is it's hard. much easier. And if we, if we take it the other way, right, if you look at people in Judaism today, they reject the Messiah. But they're trying to walk out the law. They're trying to, as you would say, earn their salvation. They're yeah. saying, if I keep these laws, if I keep the Sabbath, if I don't eat pork, if I you know, do this and that, according to Moses, I'm going to heaven or I'm, I'm making it into the resurrection, but they flat out reject the Messiah. They, they would kill a Christian if they could, you know, but they don't want to violate. They'll shout not kill. Right. So they don't kill, but they want to in their mind for some people, not everybody, obviously, but for some people like that, or they, you know, they go into, you know, uh, the house of a, what they would consider a Gentile and they just steal their house, take their land and kick them out and onto the street. They don't care. 
because they're the chosen people of God and everybody else is just not. Why are you the chosen people of God? Because I follow the law. Do you believe in Jesus? No. Well, <laughs> you're, you're probably in trouble. Right? I'm not yeah. going to say you are. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not judging you, yes or no. Yeah. But you're probably not going to make it. The same way, and a lot of people aren't going to want to hear, they may be amening me on that part, but I'm going to say this part and they may rebuke me. The same way I would say that someone who follows hyper grace and says, I only follow Jesus, I would never work. I would yeah. never try to earn my salvation. I would never do what the law says because then I'm trying to earn my salvation. So I'm not going to follow the law. I don't, but I have Jesus. I don't think that person's going to make it either. Right? It's a narrow road. It's in the middle. Right? You could fall off to either side of the road, fire on one side, water on the other, and they're both going to kill you. So it's the narrow road. It's right in the middle. Faith and works. You know, the blood of Messiah and doing what God says. It's, it's not one or the other. It's both. It's a narrow path. Few find it. And it's, it's, it's not for me to say one way or the other, hypothetically, this person or that, you know, it's a hard, it's hard for me to, to, cause what I'm thinking hypothetically, another person out there listening might have a different hypothetical, yeah. even though we're talking yeah. about the same hypothetical person. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah, hard yeah. for me to say, but it's, it's safer and it's scriptural to just do both. Right. Yeah. I think I, said, I think I said that and in works. I both. think I said that in our, uh, once saved, always saved. Like it's better, but but obviously I didn't, I, I wasn't open to this to this uh, subject yet. But I was just thinking, like, dude, just to cover our our butts, we might we gotta we might as well do both, you know? Let's do both because yeah, James like, is saying this. But you know, I just I just said it on that show. But go but ahead, it's like, go ahead. but it's like, are you doing it just to cover your butt? Then it's <laughs> not going to count, right? Yeah, then yeah, it, then yeah, I yeah. think there's the nuance. Sorry, it's like I'm doing it. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, but, no, no, no. You know what I mean. I, I right? said it in a yeah. I said it's it like, in a uh, in a in a sarcastic American just, way. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where that's where the nuance comes in, right? That's do where it because you love him. Is. That's what you should do. You should do it because you love God and you love His commandments. Amen. If you love Him, you love His commandments. That's the right way to say it. I said it as a smart aleck American. <laughs> no, but a lot of people think that way, right? A lot of people are like. I don't want to do it just to be seen of men. I don't want to do it just to like cover myself when I don't really believe that I should be doing it. And that's yeah. where the heart comes in. That's where the wanting to please God comes in, right? Not pleasing Cain, men, not, not you, you mentioned Cain and Abel. You mentioned Cain and Abel too, man. And that's, that's one where you're just like, dude, look at the way he, look at the way he, that happened, you know, like. Yeah. And if you know. study that out, they're probably offering a first fruits sacrifice. So they're, probably keeping the feast day back in Cain and Abel's time. Um, can't say for sure. It doesn't specifically spell yeah, yeah, it out, yeah. yeah. but it's probably they're keeping the feast way back then. Yeah. Interesting, um, man. Just as a, as a thing. But if I don't know how much more time we have left, I'd like to read something if we could. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Yeah. It's um, it kind of like, we just talked about it, loving God. Right. And it says it many times, love God to keep his commandments. Like people say, I love God. I love Jesus. And amen, I'm sure you think you do. But how does God spell that out, right? We can think different things. And we could both think we're right. And neither one of us may be right. Because it's not the way God wants us to do it. Right? He has a specific way that he says to love him. So I'm going to read these verses. Uh, it's 23 verses. So it's, it's a lot of text. But it's just straight Bible. So hopefully you all are with me on this. So it, it's, in, it's in order that it appears in the scriptures. So Deuteronomy 7, 9, 
This is out of the KJV. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy, right? So there's, <laughs> there's both of them, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And, and here's Exodus 29 and Deuteronomy 5.10 This part of the Ten Commandments. It's the same in both. And showing mercy to thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 11.1. 1, Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgments, and his commandments always. Deuteronomy 11.12. For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I commanded you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. Deuteronomy 19.9 Thou shalt keep all these commandments to do them, which I have commanded me this day, to love the Lord thy God, and to walk ever in his ways. Deuteronomy 30.16 I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply, and that the Lord thy God shall bless thee. So those are the verses in the first five books that talk about love, how? By keeping his commandments, walking in his ways. That's how he defines it in the Torah. So now let's move on, Joshua 22.5. This is at Joshua's death. He's, he's instructing the people. He says, but take diligent heed to the commandment and the law, which Moses, thy servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Nehemiah 1.5. I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and the terrible, that keepest covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. It's both. Isaiah 56, 6 to 7. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord. So this is talking about Gentiles, right? The sons of the stranger that joined themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taketh hold of my covenant. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Daniel 9, 4. And I prayed unto the Lord my God to make my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God. Right, That's like the fourth time we've seen that. O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and keep his commandments. Matthew, now into the New Testament, Matthew 19, 16 to 17. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what things shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Matthew 20, 36 to 40. Master, he's being asked again, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Most people know that. Some people might not know. He's quoting Deuteronomy 
which says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And Leviticus 19.18, which says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. John, Gospel of John 14, 14 through 16 says, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Same chapter, 1421. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. John 15:10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. The letter of 1 John 2, 3 to 6. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby, hereby we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought also to have walked even as he walked. 1 John 5, 2-5. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Revelation 14, 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. So I did a word search, which was um, love and keep. I didn't even put commandments in there. I put love and keep, and those are the verses that came up. I'm sure there's more, but those are 23 verses that pretty much say the exact same thing. Oh, God, <laughs> great and terrible, that keepest mercy and has love for us. How do we love you? We keep your commandments. We walk in your ways, which we see, walk as Yeshua walked, to do your commandments always. That is the love of God perfected. So that's that. I mean, to me, that's clear. So when we read something in Paul or whoever that seems to maybe not be saying that, I don't know. Those are 23 verses. This God speaking in the Old Testament, God speaking in the New Testament, saying the same thing, no contradiction between any of those. Those are probably right, and we probably have a misunderstanding of one of the letters, one of the verses in one of the letters that we can probably reconcile. Um, you know, it's going to take study. We need to be diligent students, um, not just take it at face value, whatever it is. But we can probably reconcile whatever is being said in the New Testament that may seem to contradict. There's, I'm sure there's a way, um, whatever the specific verse is, you know, whether it's just our limited understanding or mistranslation or the language or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. you know, I, I would just stick with stick with the law and the prophets. That's what Paul was writing off of. That's what Yeshua was reading. That's what all the apostles were reading. They didn't have anything else, right? Until Matthew started publishing and 
Mark and Luke wrote their stuff down. There was nothing else to read. They had those things. So that's how they understood righteousness. That's how they understood love. That's how they understood that they were going to get into the kingdom of heaven by doing the things written in the law, written in the prophets, you know, going by what Abraham said, what Moses said, what Joshua said, what, you know, all of them, Micah, Jeremiah, Hosea, David, what all of them said. And especially when we look at David, man, that guy had a heart for God and he wanted to do the things of God, but his flesh was weak and he, you know, he repented constantly. He constantly was asking for forgiveness of sins. And he, you know, um, I read it in Ezekiel where it says, David, our prince is going to be doing this and that. So it seems like David has got his ticket punched. You know, he's going, even though he put Uriah the Hittite to death, slept with his wife and had a child. Like, it's like, whoa, that's pretty wicked. If you look at it on the surface, man, he had this man killed just so he could go sleep with his wife. That's pretty one, serious. But one thing, one thing we need to, to realize too is, uh, cause when I was in, I was in the military, so I, I was kind of, uh, convicted of, uh, convicted on the, cause I got deployed and I'm like, what if I was to have to kill somebody, you know, in battle, right? Um, what do you think about that, bro? Cause David was killing people in battle and, uh, it, you know, it says, do not murder, right. Or do not kill. Yeah. What is, what is up with that though? He was walking with God, like you were saying, and he is righteous in God's eyes. He's going out and he's killing people in battle. How is that not, how is he following the law if he's killing people in battle? And is it okay to kill people as long as, as long as it's an enemy of, of God? Is that what it's saying? Because you, you, we were talking about David here. He's, yeah. he, he's not, he's not a guy that is just uh, some, some, some average uh, prophet that's just going and, and prophesizing to people. He's actually a warrior killing people in battle. Now, if he was going out killing Nephilim like in, in Joshua and they're fighting against uh things that might not even have our DNA that are demonic demons and I, I can maybe understand this, but he's out there killing people that ha that are fathers just like him, brothers, uh uncles and they 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 might be gentiles, but he is killing them and maybe he's even killing some that are Jews. We don't know. You know what I mean? That are that are so how do we answer that? And that is a great question. I struggle with that and I have struggled with that and I still don't really have a great answer. I can just tell you what I would do. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Take it for that. It's um, a tough one. And and I and I never even thought about it besides when I was in the army. And I did think about, you know, that, but I, I never thought about even asking that question. So maybe the spirits just put it on my heart like. It's kind of just, yeah, amen, it's man. a tough one, man. It, as I understand one. it, right, David, David was king of Israel, right? Like you said, he wasn't just some guy. Yeah. So he was the anointed king, the speaking for God with the people in judgment on secular things and on religious things. So when he went out to war, same with Moses, same with Joshua, right? Same with anyone that is leading the people, you know, all the kings and the, and the judges as we read it throughout those books, Chronicles, Judges, Kings, and all that, they're God's anointed representative on earth. So I see that as a little bit different than just me, you, and the average Joe. Yeah. I could be wrong. That's just kind of how I see it. But even David, right, he has Nathan the seer, and he has his own prophets that are rebuking him. Hezekiah had Isaiah. 
who's rebuking him and all these things. And so even the king had to make himself subservient to the word of the prophet because that's directly coming from God, you know. But there's also, I'm sure you know this better than me, right? There's standing orders, such a thing as standing orders. If your commander is not there, he's left you with a list of things to do. So if there's no prophet today, what's the last thing we're told? Right? What is the last thing that our, our God through Jesus or through Revelation or through whoever, what's the last thing that they told us to do? To me, I read that in Revelation where it says, you know, he who kills, who you, he who kills with the sword will be killed by the sword. Mm-hmm. I kind of take that as our standing order is to lay down our life and to just be a witness unto death, to not fight, right? The Messiah could have fought. He could have called down legions of angels. Peter could have kept on slashing people in the garden. He could have fought and taken the kingdom by force. But he says, my kingdom is not of this world. We don't take it by force. We, we lay down our lives so that others will see our witness and glory God. Mm-hmm. As I, my current understanding, just me, if they come knocking at the door and they're going to take me away, I'm not going to take up arms against them. I'm going to pray for them to the last. This is what I think I'm going to do, right? My flesh may be weak <laughs> in that moment and I'll grab a knife or something, but I, I pray that I'm strong enough to be a witness, to, to say Yeshua with my last breath, and maybe one of them who are killing me and condemning me will take that as, well. wow, man, this guy believes it so strongly that he's willing to let us just do whatever we're going to do to him. And, you know, he, he, he was faithful to death and that's what I hope is going to happen. And, and, you know, we look at like uh, the apostles, the 12 apostles, how they died. And I think all of them, except John, I think he is the only one who died a good old age, like Jesus prophesied he would, that all of them, every one of them were put to death by the Romans or by the Jews or by whoever, wherever they were prophesying, they were all killed, every one of them. And none of them fought back. They yeah. all gave their life to the cause. And um, I think it was James. I think I could be wrong. I think during his, he was put to get the death. We see this in Acts, right? He was put to death by the council, by the Jews themselves. And he was prophesying or not prophesying, but he was preaching to them during his, uh, and this is this is not in the book. This is just kind of like, you know, extra biblical writings of his death. So uh-huh. take that for what it's worth. But he was prophesying up to his death. And the person who accused him and turned him over to the council repented on the spot and asked to be, to be I don't know if he was crucified, but they asked to be put to death with James. Wow. So he had a convert during his death that said like, man, I turned you over. I'm so sorry. God, forgive me. He took it in and they actually, he confessed Jesus on the spot along with James. And so they killed him right alongside him. So I think that is our standing order kind of to, we don't fight for the world. The world's going to do what it's going to do for those in the military, man. It's so tough, right? Yeah. Cause you want to be doing good for the world, but you know, are these wars justified? Is are we we're doing fighting, what's right? Or are we we're just fighting for the enemy almost, man? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're not going in there to 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 save people, and that's the hard part, man. And I brought it up on my show before. You know, we're fighting yeah, for. I, I I can't say on that. I've never fighting served. For but... Satanic. I believe we're fighting for satanic, Lucifer worshiping, uh, bloodthirsty money, uh, military industrial complex, uh, trying to get you know, oil and trying to get pharmaceutical, uh, 
opiums and all that stuff in my time of war before it was false flags uh and and money as well you know it's very tough man it's hard but yeah great answer though i like how you answered that and 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 yeah it i was very convicted on that you know and the pastors in the military or the you know they would tell you like they would tell you that different than what we just said i i think i think now i I don't want to be in the military and i don't want to go fight and i don't want to do any of that stuff not saying that the people that are in war right now just if you study what we're fighting over and what we're fighting for, it's it's tough, man. As a Christian, if you're secular and you don't believe in God, then that's different, man. You're fighting for your country; it's all good. But it's a it's a very very tough thing in the position of a Christian to go to war and kill the way that that people are killing now. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, man. it's it's that's real hard. hard. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, if if we think we're in Egypt or in, we're in Babylon, then. We're in the Egyptian army. We're in the Babylonian army, right? We're we're fighting for them, not for God necessarily. Yeah, because um, people think but, that an enemy of the United States is an enemy of God. You know, they're like, ah, Russia, North Korea, this, that. You yeah. know, and it's that's just the way that we've been programmed. So, but in, interesting. But hey, we're gonna wrap up because we're at six there. We usually do an hour and a half show. I think you went over a lot of stuff and knowing people that can digest and and study. Um, anybody you can you can recommend that they kind of uh, study or besides, I mean, I guess we could say just study the Bible, obviously, but is there anybody that, that teaches uh, what you, what you go over that, that people um, can kind of study or just tell them to just I get into just, the word itself? No, man, I wouldn't say listen to anybody, including me or you, Josh, just yeah, the word, you know, study what the word says. Yeah. For those of you that I think that, you know, works are a bad thing. Do this, right? I challenge you to do this. Do a word search, whatever software you're using. Just go to the New Testament and just search for the word works, right? Just work or work or works or whatever it is. And read all of those passages. Take a couple days, you know, do this as a, as a weekly study, whatever it takes. Just study the word works in the New Testament and see how it's used, right? Is he saying no? Is he saying those are bad? Or is he saying, yeah, those are good, right? And I think at least I've come to the understanding that they are good. They're not contradictory. It's not one or the other. So if, if this person is stuck in works or faith, you know, works or Yeshua works or this, it's, it's not that they work hand in hand, they go together. Um, and that, that understanding along with being grafted into Israel, that it's not those people over there and us over here. It's not that it's God's people and everyone else. So if we think we're God's people, if we think we're in the covenant, we've been grafted in and all of those rules and instructions apply to us. Um, yeah. And that those two understandings, right. That works are not in works are not contrary to faith and that we are Israel. We are the people of God. I think if we kind of reconcile those two things and then read the scriptures with that in mind, it's like when he says, speak to the children of Israel and tell them this, Oh, that's me. Right. <laughs> I'm the children of Israel. He's talking to me. And so what is he saying? What is he telling me? And I think, um, at least for me, that was, that was a big kind of stepping stone and understanding in my life. So pray on I, it. Yes. Don't, you know, we can listen to others and different YouTube channels and different pastors and what they say, but ultimately it's the spirit that leads us. It's the word that, you know, the word is in the book, the Bible, that's, what's going to teach us. Um, and if we don't, you know, if, if the spirit doesn't change our mind, it's not going to be changed. But we need to, as I understand it, we need to humble ourselves to be able for the spirit to do its work. Right? If, if we're prideful and arrogant, we don't want to hear it. 
we're not going to hear it. Right? So we need to humble ourselves and then allow the spirit to work in us. So that would, that would be my final, uh, final saying. Amen. So we'll go over James two uh, real quick. Uh, if you really fulfill the Royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin, you're convicted by the laws. The transgressor forever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point. He is guilty of all. We've kind of went over that uh, for he who is do not wait for he who said, do not commit adultery, uh, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak so that you do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty for the judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Uh, James also says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, uh, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say to you, uh, but if someone will say you have faith and have works, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, you believe there is one God. You do well, even the demons believe and, and tremble. But if you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead, as not uh, Abraham your father justified the works as he offered Isaac as the son of the altar, do you see that faith is working together with his works? And by works, faith has made perfect. And the scripture has also filled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he said, uh, the friend of God, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith uh, only. Okay, so that's interesting. Now, you also have Paul saying we're, we're saved by grace through faith, uh, for it is a gift of God, not of yourselves, uh, not by works, so that no man shall boast. So there's interesting stuff. So what, what uh, Lewis is saying here, dig into the scriptures. You know what I mean? Dig into the scriptures and find out what's going on. And we need to, we need to obviously want to be obedient to God. That's what we're trying to do as Christians. That's part of our walk. We want to be obedient to God. So we need to find out what we need to be obedient to for us to know if we're being obedient to God. So all Lewis is saying is to go back, study the scriptures. Uh, if you love God, you love his commandments. You need to find out what the word commandments means. And you need to find out what, you know, what, what Lewis is talking about. And uh, I think it's it's great to to be obedient to God. You know, that's how we show God we love him, you know. So I think this is an awesome episode. If anybody is triggered and wants to uh, unsubscribe because we had this on our podcast, then I, I think that you should, you know, you just need to understand that we're, we're coming at, you know, uh, Lewis is coming at us with love. And I'm and I'm just learning this right now. So I don't mind having somebody on that has a different um that has something new to bring to the table that, that, uh, that obviously is not going against the Bible. The Bible never says, uh, don't follow the law anymore because Jesus died on the cross and that's it. Uh, I think there's just a, uh, I think there's just, a, it leans a little bit to, to, to one side and it leans a little bit to the right. But I think it's clear that, um, Lewis was just came here in love and he explained it in the beginning. So, Hey, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, and, and Lewis, I appreciate you coming on. Um, we always end this in prayer like we normally do. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for providing us with this show, with this time, and um, this these new subjects that um, to, to some people it's new, some people it's not. But uh, we do want to ask you, Lord, if you could just uh, by your Holy Spirit, teach us and guide us uh, whatever we want to learn. If you introduce me to Lewis today, because this is something that you'd like love me to uh, do a deep uh, study on and um 
then then I appreciate you, Lord. I just want to do whatever I can to be obedient. We need to pray for obedience, Lord, uh, all of us that are listening, because obviously we all fill, fall short and uh, our, our works are filthy rags to you, Lord. So help us to be obedient. Help us to do what you uh, want us to do. Anybody that's listening that uh, feels some type of conviction in their heart that um, this is not the right thing, you know, I, you know, if if they are in error, uh, correct them. Also, myself, Lord, help me to teach the best that I could teach. Um, and uh, you know, when we're on the podcast, and help us to connect with the right guest, um, you know, so that so that people are learning uh, your word. That's all we really want, you know. And I appreciate everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our, for our sins. Uh, that is just what, what just such a blessing, you know, such a blessing, Lord. We appreciate that. And thank you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, Lewis, if you'd amen. like to, you know, pray, pray at all, please pray for us, help us, you know, pray for the show, pray for everybody that's listening to uh, be open to this, you know, because some, it's going to be a hard pill for some people to swallow, but it's really, it's, you know, it's ABCs, you know, in the Bible, just, just read it. God, God is not trying to hide anything from us. Uh, you know, he's not trying to, 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 to take anything and, and put it into a deep corner. Where we have to keep trying to find now the scriptures are, are beautiful. And it, every day you learn new things, you know, that's how it goes. So I don't, I don't think that God is trying to hide anything from us. It's pretty easy to see, but you just gotta, uh, not let man take, uh, not let man, uh, control what you're, what you're, what you're, what your understanding let the, let the, the holy spirit guide you and the bible guide you so thank you guys for listening to the show and lewis once again thank you for coming on bro we appreciate you thank you for having me man it's been great no problem all right god bless you guys and thank you so much for listening